0: to undrafted a dynasty game theory podcast brought to you by the undroppables i am your host scott belanger aka jack falcon you can find me on twitter at dino game theory this is episode number 123 let's roll baby and uh we are uh we're going to have a great show this is you know kind of becoming a, an annual tradition this particular show i know a lot of y'all are you know longtime listeners and for that I am so 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 grateful we uh, we love having the community sort of built around the show and you know that that part is kind of something that you know at first isn't there and as it grows then it's then it is there and there's little you know inside jokes and fun stuff that happens on Twitter where people will pick on me and I love it it's a lot of fun so for all of you longtime listeners there'll be there'll be a lot of red meat in this episode for you but for some of either new listeners or even better, new to Dynasty. Uh, we're going to do a pretty cool show. Me and Chalk are going to get together and talk about Dynasty Startup, some strategy, some, who knows, wherever, it, actually, wherever the podcast takes us. But that's the genesis of the show. We did it last year. You can go back and listen to that one if you care to. Uh, it was, I think it was called like Dynasty Startup Chalk Talk or something like that. Uh, but, you know, this one, we'll, we'll be able to find a more creative name than that this year. But yeah, I was on Twitter and I, I got to thinking before I get started, I, I it was like, I posted some running back rankings and wide receiver rankings. I posted some running back rankings maybe a month or two ago. And, I, you know, even I, I, the disclaimer at the top is like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm an idiot. This is brand new. I don't even know half these guys. Here's like a rough draft. And people, of course, criticize. And I love it. Um, I, I, I don't take it personal. But sometimes you can learn things from people's criticisms. You can learn what they're, you know, what they're thinking about a prospect. And sometimes you can learn that they're not thinking about these prospects. They're just like married to one guy, you know. One guy will be upset about, you know, uh, is he a Banacanda And you look and he Pittsburgh, you know, alum. You're like, oh, well, you know, that's fine. Cool. You know, that's, that's great. Um, but, uh, but it got me thinking, you know, how do you end up with a, with a I like player X over player Y? Well, that shouldn't be because – well, it can be because you went to Pittsburgh or wherever you went to school, but it's got to be something that you have a process that you believe in, or if it's a process that you don't believe in, that you are ready to refine quite a bit. Uh, every year I feel like I'm refining my process of how I'm going to determine which players I have over another player. And the reason why I'm willing or you know interested – in refining my process is because, well, I'm not perfect and I don't expect to be perfect. And I actually don't even expect my process to be perfect. And for those who tell you they are, beware, beware, because what this is all about, I thought about this too, is like, you know, Chalk was on and I'm sure he can speak to this, but he was, we were talking about a certain player that, that I like. that one of our, very loyal listeners in my listener league, become a friend. Maxi was like zero shares, zero cares. And I was like, Oh shit. Look at that. Posting the W on a player that I have been saying is a good, a good player that he has none of. It was sky more. And I'm like, good for him. Because if he listened only to what I say about player takes, he would have all sorts of sky more like I do. <laughs> Oops. But the point of the matter is he doesn't because he thinks for himself, even though he's a huge fan of the show and a huge fan of what we do at the Undroppables and, you know, probably thinks that some of us are even smart. Probably not me, obviously. But no, I'm joking. He probably does, though. And the message he's taking is the one that's correct, which is think for your damn self. If you hear me say something you're like that is fucking stupid. Well, first of all, please DM me. But uh, but also, yeah, go ahead and do what you think is best. It's it's all about taking so much of this data and trying to dissolve it down into your best guess as to what might happen. And ultimately it's range of outcomes. You know, there's nobody sure that anybody's going to be good or bad, but we have a pretty good range of outcomes on certain type of players and their prototypes as to how well they're going to perform. You know, the, the process that brought me to Jalen Tolbert last year, I'll probably look at because, you know, I did say for a lot of the reasons that made sense, hey, a, a wide receiver stepping in a a high-powered offense on, you know, the opposite side of C.D. Lamb, that could be a very fruitful fantasy spot. And you know what? Noah Brown actually was pretty good for a little bit, and Michael Gallup came back and did some things. Jalen Tolbert was a bust, but the process that got me there, not entirely busty. Some of the reasons that Jalen Tolbert, you know, probably flamed out small school, lights were probably too bright. Maybe he just, you know, he, hey, he had never been in any big games that we know of, right? So ultimately, maybe it was just a little bit too big a chair for him. And maybe we should have seen that coming. Maybe I should have seen that coming. I'm going to look at that and, and and try and look for those types of, of of landmines. With a player like Albert O, actually, I'll do that over and over again. I evaluate that process and I'll do it again and again, because I believe that the process that led me to Albert O, is, is a good one. The fact that Albert O doesn't fire is the chance I was willing to take and, and mentioned it. Uh, and it's okay. Uh, but interestingly enough, last year, that same process that got me to Albert O when we did the uh, uh, mailbag episode right around this time last year with me and Michael P. Duncan, uh, he, he had some uh, tight end sleepers that he recommended. And of course, they were awful. Oh, poor Michael P. Duncan. No, I'm only teasing. They were awful, uh, but I am teasing. him. But the one that I came up with was not even uh, uh, Albert O. It was David and Joku. And you know what? For all the same reasons I liked Albert O, I liked David and Joku. And David and Joku hit. So the reasons given are what we should be listening to. The processes is what we should be making better. Not thinking, I picked player X over player Y, so I'm so fucking smart. Yeah, good for you. Flip a coin 10 times, it might come up heads eight. Doesn't mean you're great at flipping coins. You've got to understand the process. A a coin flip is literally 50-50, and your process is 50-50. Your results might be 80%, but sorry, your process is 50-50. So evaluate the process. And uh, with all that said, now it brings us, first of all, I'm going to get my guest out here because I'm off my damn soapbox, but that does bring us to the 2023 class and what we're doing, and to do that and a whole lot more, joining me is the Godfather, the the man, the myth, the legend, the founder of the Undroppables, El Presidente, Mr. Chalk. Come on out and say hi to the people.
1: Yo, what's up, Jax? Yeah, thanks for having me on yet again. Um, as you know, it's always you know a pleasure to to be on, be here, hanging out, talking fantasy football. Um, yes, sir. You know, a couple of things you said in, in, in your intro um, that just makes a ton of sense. And I was just nodding my head over here. First, first of all, you know, when I think of the word Bayesian, right, yeah. um, taking new information and adjusting your process, your, your methodology. Right. And not not anchoring to, you know, what you think is right from the past and, and, and kind of suffering from take lock. Yeah, I mean, you are the definition of Bayesian. And when I think of that word, I always think of you. So everything Thanks. you're saying right there just you know resonates, you know, Mr. Jacks Falcone uh, to the core. Um, and the second thing was just about process. Um, I tweeted this just recently because it came to my mind. But, you know, the best process is really your own process, right? It's, right. you know, yeah, me, me you and many other, you know, analysts and people who, who, who spend a lot of time Researching and and breaking down numbers and you know watching film and doing all that yeah of course you know we put the time in and 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 our listeners and followers can get a lot out of that but ultimately no matter who you are you need to trust your own gut you need to make your own decision and everything that you say I say or anybody else says is just another data point yep right we're not speaking <laughs> right. any truth. And yep. really, the process, and someone, I think someone asked me, well, what if I don't have a process? What if, you know, I don't even know what I'm doing or whatnot? Well, your process is getting all the information from everybody you respect, putting that into your computer in your brain, and you decide something. That's the process.
0: I mean, if you're right? at that point, though, you probably should just pick the coolest names, I would think, <laughs> right? Like, just go with Izzy Abanacanda and like Tajay Spears and be like, fuck it, that's what I'm doing, man. Those names are dope. I'm going with it.
1: Exactly, but yeah, I mean, you know, because you know, ultimately, if you miss on a prospect because you listen to somebody else blindly because they said it was a good prospect, who else do you have to blame but yourself? Yeah, right. Exactly. So ultimately, you know, I I, like I, I just totally agree with you that you know we all we all have our own processes that may involve listening to other people's research, thoughts, opinions, and all that stuff, but ultimately. We make our own decision and that's the process and we stand by that. So yeah. Um everything you said just, you know, spot on as usual. Uh and again, you know, looking forward to the show.
0: Thank you. Well, I'm coming off a sick week and that sick week included a positive COVID test. Don't worry, it's not it's not contagious from where we are. We're six feet apart. But um, you know, it's like uh I was I wasn't sure if I was gonna be able to like get my thoughts out on that uh cogently because of COVID brain, but that one's so easy. It's such an easy thing to understand is like at the end of the day, yeah, you said it, man. We're not like giving anybody any like answers to the test. The answers to the test are impossible. Like they're literally impossible to know exactly what happened. You'll because you'll hear everybody was right about somebody. Right. So, but not, not somebody was right about everybody. Right. So it's like, you know, people be like, you'll hear someone's like, Nobody knew Nikhil Harry and somebody was like, I told you Nikhil Harry was going to bust. It's like, well, of course, of course someone did. You know what I mean? It's not, but like the entire NFL, even the NFL that I always say to the people that fade him, you're only fading them at cost and you only need to fade a little bit. I said it about JT when someone was like, oh, JT, I've got him at like RB3. I still think he's great, but you know, when he was a rookie. Well, then you faded them past having them, so it doesn't matter. You could have faded them to running back three or 33. It wouldn't have fucking mattered because you have zero shares, zero cares of JT. And so it's really just liking them above where your league mates like them and above another player in the same range that you missed that opportunity cost. You know, uh, I look at the sky more spots that I took, and I could have had Chris Olave in a few of them. I'm sure I passed on Olave to get – you know sky more what a fucking mistake you know and you know it's it's not that i was like oh alave i love alave i have alave in a few leagues like i you know i've traded for alave since i made the mistake you know like i understand you know it's like of course you know like as you start to see it come I'm like shit now, of course, there's still a shot that Sky Moore is something and not nothing, but I think it's more likely he's nothing than something. That's just the way it goes. Like, year one, if he's dope, if he's Justin Jefferson, it's not like, oh, they just need to work him in. You don't need to work those guys in, they work themselves right on in. So, all that stuff, too, it's like, y- you're right with Bayesian. Like, I hear a lot of people, I just start dunking on Sky Moore, and I was like a big Sky Moore fan. And a lot of times I get pushback, like, Dude, he's in the Casey offense. There's a lot of players there. It's hard to fucking break in. Blah, 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 blah. Scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I'm like, that all sounds awful. You know, it's like that. That's not what I'm searching for. You know, so if you, it's like if you started fantasy or dynasty today, what would you think? Not what, what you know, what, what are my priors? So I have to make sure I protect those. Fuck your prior. Who gives a shit? Like, who really cares that I thought Sky Moore was. Point one ticks better than Chris Olave or whatever. Like so,
1: yeah. I mean, the longer the longer you hold that take, the more yeah. you're missing out on Chris Olave or any right. other opportunity to move off of Sky Moore to someone that still believes. Yes. right. So yeah, it's one of those situations where you just cut your losses and you move on. Right. No one, no one is going to be right all the time. Right. We're right. going to miss on Nikhil Harry. We're going to miss on Denzel Mims. We're going to miss on yeah, so many players. Right. I mean, I'm just. Thinking just ran two names that were kind of on the feed recently. Yes. Right. And it's going to happen every year. And if you look at rookie hit rates in general, I mean, they're not that great overall, right. no matter who you are. So you take your losses and, and you learn from them, you adjust the process, right. I mean, your anatomy, um, just your anatomy of a dynasty, you know, top 12 running back or receiver. Yeah. I, I mean, I love that. Right. Because every year you're, Adjusting slightly. Maybe it's not a big adjustment, but you're re-, right. re reevaluating the numbers, reevaluating who's in that archetype, right? And and then you're making modifications to that process. And maybe it's gonna spit out the same names every single year. Maybe it's gonna be different. But the important part is you're taking what you've learned, cutting the losses where you need to, and then you're improving because ultimately when you do that, you know, the, the goal and the thought is, you know, those losses become smaller and smaller, right? right. And you know i know you said you know 50% right you know most of the time or, or 50% right i mean if you're 51% right next year then you've already improved right and then you <laughs> right. got your net gain so every year yes. you get 1% net gain i mean just extrapolate that over time and you know
0: then then you're probably in a much much better, better spot absolutely and for those who are like ready for us to start talking about startup let's do it because we we're, we're going to litter in player takes and and stuff like that along the way but i'd love to you know get into our philosophy of starting a league and or starting, um, you know, a a startup draft, but I'll start with a league. And I will, I will, I will just mention a couple quick things that we don't need to harp on. And you can sort of speak to them. But like, number one, I think, right now, I think the best platform to play on is Sleeper. It's not perfect, by the way, I don't, think it's um, the best ever and I think they have a chance to get there with um you know if they can create a little bit more um you know scoring like m- more linear scoring like even their their field goal stuff like it's not like we play it with kickers too much but like you know in MFL you can do like every yard is worth a different like one. so you can do a four point like 4.1 points for a 41 yard kick or whatever with you know sleeper it's basically you know I think it's like 30 to 40, 40 to 50, 50 and up or something. So like you can't even make a 60 yarder worth more than a 50 yarder or something. So it's like a little bit weird and that's fine. Like, so if you're looking for that type of level of, intricacy you do have to go to mfl but mfl is a bit archaic and it's a little bit harder to have that social experience on it so for those reasons i lean sleeper just for the fact that especially if you're running multiple leagues it's easier to hop from league to league it's easier to share the league with other people it's way easier number one number two this one is the easiest deal ever go league safe um you know get uh, uh you know get your money in league safe because it's super easy to pay out it's super easy to see who's paid it's super easy to be like bro you're the only one look at the fucking thing and you know it's easy to account you don't have to be the one holding it's really really good and certainly the bigger stakes you play and the more leagues you either commission or play in it's it just feels so much better to know your money is safe whether you're playing i would only play in a league with league safe um, especially if I didn't know the people. So those are two big ones, I think, just to set up the league to begin with. I'm sure you agree.
1: Absolutely. Um, you know, I have my qualms about Sleeper, but like you said, it's the it's the best Dynasty fantasy football platform out there. Um, I was just talking to Scott Fish about actually Sleeper itself and some of the limitations on desktop as a commissioner. Yeah. But, I mean, all things aside, I mean, it is – you know, it's just the easiest to use and to access and to share with your buddies and all that good stuff. And I love the one thing I do love is the league chat option or the the functionality where you, know, you could drop gifts and and memes yeah. and and, yes. and talk trash and do all that fun stuff. And then yeah, with League Safe, I would never play in a league without League Safe, um, even with my friends, just because it's just a hassle, man. Like yes. you're gonna PayPal someone or Venmo them, and it's what in their bank account for the rest of the year. And then you got to like, you know, asking the guy to pay you out and maybe, you know, he's like spent it on beer or something. And now you gotta yeah. wait for his next paycheck. I mean, it's just weird to do that. Yes. Agreed. Especially nowadays where most of us are not in leagues with just our friends. We're playing right. with people on the internet and you know what? It's not like I don't trust people, but the fact that um, I'm just, I just know, right. It's just like that sense of security that, Hey, I don't need to worry about anything funny. Me as a commissioner, you know, as you as you know and probably a bunch of your listeners know, I commission a bunch of leagues. I'm not trying to hold out that money and right. worry about that. Like, it's it's already a it's already a headache to collect and do all That's that. Right. I don't want I safe. don't want the money. I
0: don't want I don't the want money, it. yeah. 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 Uh,
1: yeah. It's another exactly. another another thing for me to worry about, you know, and and you know, it's not my money and I'm not I'm not holding it into like a like a client trust account, you know. Oh, right. So so yeah, yeah League Safe is definitely where to go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: Exactly. And, and
1: one 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 actually quick tip. This sure. this this actually used to uh, result in no fees on League Safe, but I mean sure. now they still charge you. But if you go to fanball.com, you you deposit your money into Fanball wallet, you can actually use that to pay your League Safe league fees. And you're not charged like a dollar per league, you're charged like twenty cents. So it's not Again, it's not big money savings, but if you're saving eighty cents a league and you're in twenty leagues, that's like what fifteen twenty bucks, and that's the other yeah. league league buy-in. So yeah, deposit the fan ball, then use that account balance on league save. It's all the same company, and you save you save a couple of dollars here and there.
0: Pro tip, love it um yeah it's just it's it's kind of those are kind of just basic ones and i'm sure most people know that but for those who don't man it's like get your get your league on league safe get your commissioner to, to switch it over literally just tell them to play this tell them to dm us like no matter what we're you need to know that uh it's pretty simple it's the most it's so easy i was able to do it that's i mean guys it's real easy um speaking of easy once you set up that league i am a You know, the sort of the general league, I think, you know, is 12 teams now. Um, I think fantasy football started at 10 and, you know, or at least that was sort of standard. I think standard is 12 now. There are a lot of leagues. And, you know, I think we talked about it last week or whatever, whatever week it was, um, uh, you know, uh, whether 14 and 16 is becoming the new norm and all that. No, No, listen. You know, twelve is still the norm. And if you want to play fourteen or sixteen or eight or ten or however you want to set up your league, that's great. For me, the sweet spot that I love is a twelve team league. Not sure if you agree with that, Chuck.
1: Yeah, all my leagues I play in are are pretty much twelve. Uh yeah. twelve twelve teams, super flex. Um, you know, I know I know sometimes when we play with, you know, you know, some of the experts or some of the people that are hardcore, you know, you'll you'll bump it up to fourteen just for the extra challenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, for most people, I think 12 is, is good, right. Cause it keeps yeah. it fun, right. Yep. It keeps it competitive enough. And, you know, most people aren't, you know, degenerate psychopaths like us that, that want to, you know, be stressed out about, you know, who's my, <laughs> my fifth flex in a 14 yeah. team super flex league. Um, but yeah, I think 12 is solid.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm of the opinion that you want to try and get to about 150, uh, starters, which is 12 times 12 is 144. That's good enough, you know? Ten, I mean, ten team league. I'm, I'm just saying, you're not going to start fifteen, but you definitely want to get to one twenty there, and definitely start twelve if you're starting, uh, if you're only playing with ten teams. You know, if you want to go one twenty, um, with twelve teams and go twelve times ten, that's fine. But that's the that's the floor, I think. One hundred and twenty total starters is like got to be the floor nowadays. Um, for for me in terms of players, because you know, once you get past. You know, once you get more shallow than that, like, you know, if you're only starting like two running backs, two receivers and one flex, like on a 10 team league, it becomes stupid. You're just like, I've got all these good players on the bench. And for me, I don't like to choose between two top 24 wide receivers. I want to be able to choose, you know, make a roster decision to start like a starting roster decision, a weekly decision on a little bit of a deeper player. Um, because you hate to be like, dude, and I had Nick Chubb on the bench. I hate that. Why do you have Nick Chubb on the bench? Like, well, because I have da 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 You know, it's like, well, look, if your team is loaded like that, it's one thing. But if your team is loaded like that and you're also playing a shallow league, it's just frustrating and silly. Um, You know, it's kind of just a, a luck ball at that point. You know, so I don't like playing luck ball. I like to play a little bit of skill ball. And, you know, if you get some injuries, you have to trade and deal with it. Otherwise, you know, that type of thing. Does that make sense, Chuck?
1: Yeah, no, uh, you know, because traditionally I, I was more in like the 12 team leagues, you know, start 10. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I realized too much variance and like it's too much luck and, you know, you know, guys like me and you or, you know, other fantasy gamers, you know, that are like pretty sharp, right? That that punishes us, right? Yes. And, and we build on depth. We build on, you know, finding like really good players and the gems and building those solid teams top to bottom. Yeah.
0: Right. And, and, yeah, if you, if you, if you drafted Isaiah Pacheco and hit on Zay Jones, but they never play, what difference does it make?
1: Exactly. Right? They just sit on they're, your bench. They're, they're and- never
0: in your lineup. Who cares? What are you going to trade him for a third? All right, cool. That fucking sucks. But if you have to play three or four flexes and you're deep and you're like, I have you know I have Lockett and Justin Jefferson and Cortland Sutton and then I also dude Zay Jones saved me this week because I play him at my third flex or whatever it is. you know it's like that's cool you know you look at your team you've really built a good team with some good decisions and to me that's more fun than and, and and look studs still carry because I've 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 had teams you've seen it man we we play in the fourteen team leagues the 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 listener league and the Dynasty Game Theory Invitational where you're playing some real shit bags at the back end of that, of that, uh, of that league. And still, if you have like, just dudes run away with it, Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey have these huge weeks, you can have almost take a a couple zeros and you still can win. So it's not like you need them, but if you have them there, you can really build a strong team and it's just more enjoyable in my eyes.
1: I agree. I absolutely agree on that.
0: Now, if you're, so for me, it's like, okay, so, call it somewhere between 120 and 150 total players. 120 has got to be the base. you know, um, You know. know, So 12 times 12 is really perfect. I love it. I love super flex. I'm with you there. Tight end premium, very, very simple. Tight end premium is you just add a, 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 a bonus for tight ends catching the football in one fashion or another. Now, I've said this a million times. I'm going to say it one more time here. It's a broken record, half PPR. Half point per first down is my absolute favorite. Chalk may disagree, but when he does so, just remember he's absolutely wrong.
1: <laughs> you know, what? yeah, you know what? It's it's weird. Like I I, I generally play uh, full PPR. I do the tight yeah. end premium. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, and I know you. You're the guy that has a, like the small scoring quirks, you know. And I think I think my main issue is I'm not being Bayesian here. Is Yes. I have so many leagues that are like the chalk standard, right? It's like yes. 12 teams, start 10, full PPR, tight end premium, super flex. And if I add one or two leagues that have like the Jack settings, the Jack's leagues, right? Yes. It just throws my, it breaks my brain. It's like, yeah. wait, is that league this way? It's half PPR. And I'm trying to like project out if I'm going to win this week or what I need and I have to do like some, like, you know, next level calculus to figure out, you know, what I need to win. Um, that's the only reason I don't traditionally play those is because I have so yeah. many damn leagues that are, you know, the, the way I play it. But no, I I, I think the way that you, you outlined it, I think it makes a lot of sense. It makes it more fun, right? When you have yeah. interesting It just scoring makes better players makes
0: score fun. better. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I've, all, I, I, you know, I've said it a, a million times, you know, it's, it's fourth and two and you catch a three yard pass. It's a pretty big catch, man. It's a pretty big play. That's a yeah. big play, man. It's 3rd and 18 and you catch a 13-yard pass. Well, dude, that was a dump off. That's just nothing. That's honestly it was it's just nothing. It's nothing. Yet the in your in your scoring settings, that's 13 is 1.3, plus a point is 2.3, right? It's a pretty yep. big that's pretty big number. And your scoring the other one is what uh 0.7, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. No 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 no. 1.3, sorry, right? 1.3 a, 1.3 a
1: yeah, one 1.3. One three, yeah.
0: three. 1.3. So 2.3 and 1.3. You know, if you, if you take the half point away from you and give it to me, which is what would happen there, they're basically the same. You know what I mean? So those two plays now are at least equal, and we would agree that the first one's more valuable for sure, for sure. There is no, well, dude, at least you gain more yards. Yeah, the EPA, you know, the whole thing. It just That was a huge play in the game and it probably went to a big player instead of some scrub backup fucking third down running back <laughs> who they're just wasting an empty throw to. It's true. You know, it's <laughs> like, see if you can get it, motherfucker. Here's a screen. Go run. And you're like, nah, yeah, that's all right. Come off the field. You're going to be on punt team too. Don't worry about it. You know, whereas like the dude who gets that, that fourth and two conversion is like, you know, high fives and fucking helmets and the whole thing. So to me, I just like – to reward that guy, whoever that is, uh, more than the other guy. So that's the reason I like it, you know, and then, and then you can really get, have fun with the PPR thing. You could even do like, you know, a little less for running backs, a little more for, you know, wide receivers and even more for tight ends or whatever you like. Uh, so I know some people like per carry again. I think the point per first down takes care of point per carry. If you get enough carries, you're going to get some first downs running. And that's actually the bigger thing. If you churn out look a four yard run is okay i guess that's fine but if it came on third and three it's huge if it came on third and five it's not the fucking first down was huge man did you (laughs) get there so to me that that rushing or converting a first down think about how huge a play that is in the game to me it's as big as almost anything you look at the end of the game and did you convert you know they'll run that stupid Push push, which is the worst goddamn name I've ever heard of a play. And it's it's nothing. It's just a two-yard little gain. It's it's stupid. But why do they do it? Because it's so important. That's why.
1: Yeah. I mean, and your scoring would be what 0. 0.7 for that.
0: Exactly. <laughs> it's 0. 0.7. And because it, it's huge. Fourth and two, you get the two yard, whatever. It's a, it's a big play, man. So yeah, I mean, we're running that. Now, hopefully they outlaw that um, you know, because it is a dumb, it's a dumb rule. I mean, you know, you you hate to see rugby happening like that. I mean, you know, the the whole getting over the line there with the, you know, fourth and inches sometimes is a little bit murky anyway. You don't need to add like a, a, a scrum to it just to fucking displease your audience. While we're at it, did you see the XFL um, onside kick rule, which I think we should adopt? I, I've been saying this. I, can, I thought of that idea. And when they did, I was like, that's exactly the idea. That's the idea. Have you seen it?
1: Yeah, I did. That was pretty cool. That was a, that was a wild finish too. Yeah. Like <laughs> the end of that game was wild. Yeah. Um, but I, I do like that concept, right. Instead of doing this random onside kick that has, I mean, there's really no skill involved. I mean, I guess the kicker, right. Kicking the ball really funny, but there's no yeah. skill involved in that. <laughs> right, right.
0: Yes. Like, can your kicker kick it really funny? That sounds stupid. It's like, come on. Yeah, yeah. I love the conversion. It's just like, cause there you go. Like, you know, it just put it put and people will be like, it's not fair. What if one team has Patrick Mahomes? Like, yeah, exactly. That's the whole fucking point, man. It's like, yes. Yeah. It's so good. So I I love that one. All right. So we've got 12 team, uh, you know, one quarterback, two running back, three wide receiver, that's six, a tight end, that's seven, a super flex, that's eight. Right? And then like four flex a huge roster it's awesome somewhere in there if you want to go two flex go two if you want to go three go three four is just super fun it's a lot it's deep it's fun you're gonna be like oh shit i need some dudes i'm playing some guys i'm playing a backup tight ty- i play tyler conklin in my one of my flexes
1: let's go <laughs> yeah, right yeah, you are yeah. you're
0: playing them you're like david bell a big week this week let's go get him in there um you know if you don't love it that deep you can just change up that flexes but that's basically what i think um you know, in terms of what people really want to hear us talk about, I think is probably the strategy of, of startup, of startup and what you're looking to do. And what's interesting, I wrote my dynasty, uh, startup game theory, whatever the hell I called that article, you know, in like 18 or 17, I don't even remember. It's been a long time. And you wrote the art of dynasty, uh, which is awesome and a must read on the Um, Go check that out. Seriously. Mine's on there too. Probably have to dig a little further cause it's way the fuck down there. But anyway, um, and, and you know what? Things have changed since even you wrote yours, which was more recent than mine. Am I right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of things have changed. Um, I mean, maybe not a lot, but yeah, de- definitely no. processes have changed and you know, the way we approach the game, um, definitely changes and you know, the landscape of, position the positional landscape has changed quite a bit too right whether it's quarterback of course running back right um, and even wide receiver so yeah uh, i think it's a good time to revisit all that
0: yeah w- one of the biggest concepts that's changed for me chalk um from when i wrote that is i used to say late round quarterback in all formats i used to say that because it was true back then actually because you know the 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 quarterback three through the quarterback, 18, eh, not that much of a difference, right? Not that much of a difference. Maybe the quarterback one, you had some, you know, some, some outlier, you know, Peyton Manning seasons, but really once you get out of a few, like a couple of top tier dudes, there was a lot of parity between quarterbacks four, five, six and quarterbacks 18, 19, 20. It was kind of like, you were really just kind of drafting one of the same guys. So why reach up there and get them? that right now has totally changed as a matter of fact i think the research shows that quarterbacks one through six outscored quarterbacks seven through 12 by more than they ever have in like the history you know or something like that i think that's correct or somewhere in that that different in other words the top tier quarterbacks are outscoring the mid-round quarterbacks by more than they ever have which is new um so for that reason um I have now changed and and you want to try to secure two of the top. Well, if you can get it, two of the top six, but two of the top eight to 10 quarterbacks in super flex. Do you agree with that take now?
1: Yeah. You know, I'm sure many of your listeners are probably, you know, jaws can hit the floor when I say this, because me and you are, you know, known as a trade back Kings, right. I mean, you know, I think you kind of started the movement and, and I, I kind of jumped on and I, I really pushed the movement hard, and you know everybody knows that you know that's that's what I do, but I think it kind of goes to your point where if you're lucky enough to land a top four pick, maybe top five, even top six pick in Dynasty Superflex startup, uh, you know when you when you randomize a draft order if you're doing yeah. hundred yard rush or whatever, for you to trade back. And miss out on one of those elite quarterbacks that fell in your lap. I could probably guarantee that you're not going to get the deal that is actually going to benefit you, or that would match what you would, what you should or could get fast forward three months oh, later after the start yeah. of it, right. Like exactly. if you sold, for example, if you got Patrick Mahomes, yeah, right. You got 101 in a start of draft. Patrick Mahomes, like you don't. You're drafting before the draft even starts, right? Like yep. you're already locking it in. If you traded back to the back of the first round, early second, you got like a twenty 2020 twenty first, 2024 first, and you know, some other stuff, that still would have equal Patrick Mahomes nope. in the open market, you know. So just seeing that even recently in some startup drafts, I was, you know, kind of observing, I would see people like just so addicted to the start trade back mentality, which hey, it works generally, it works, and you yes. could probably still get value. But I literally saw people trading back out of that top four, you know, pick range for, for going into point. like, yeah. yeah, for like getting Daniel Jones on top to yeah. trade back to like, yeah. you know, a back end quarterback one or, you know, a, you know, beginning of the second round plus Daniel Jones for a top four pick, and it's like, oh, I got another sixth round, seventh round pick out of it. It's like, yeah, but you got Daniel Jones. Like, did you actually think about? Who you're getting in return for that pick. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to flip that back and get Jalen Hurts or, you know, Lamar Jackson or Josh Allen or whoever, whoever your top four or five or Joe Burrow, right? Once you lose that quarterback to get that quarterback back, like, it's probably near impossible and you're not going to be able to afford that. So that's right. You know, so yeah. trading back is still I think, relevant and still a good idea depending on the circumstance. But it's not a lock Lock it in, I'm trading back every pick I have and just accumulating picks down the line because you're going to miss out on something really good and you're not yeah, going to be able to buy that
0: back. Yeah, exactly. And, and <clears throat> I think the idea is like now you have to go into every draft first and foremost in a super flex draft. And I would actually argue even in a uh, one quarterback league, I would still do this same thing I'm about to say, which is to – I need to know where all the dope quarterbacks are before I do shit. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Like, I'm not doing shit. I'm not trading nothing until I know where I'm at. So, like, if I'm at the 1.01, okay, I've got Mahomes. Well, I need to, I don't, I'm not trading the 101 for the 10 whatever. I'm trading Mahomes for whatever I'm going to get wherever I'm getting. And so that's the way I got to look at that. And right now, if you hold Mahomes in any super flex league, you know, I've heard, You know, Scott Connor was on Matt Kelly's show and I absolutely loved it because I, you know, I've done Scott on this show and I've done on his show and the whole thing. We've like talked so many damn times and I love it. And then it was cool to hear him talking with Matt Kelly, who's another friend and two great dynasty minds. And they had such a fun conversation. I just wanted to jump in. I love it when that happens. And I hope that's what's happening right now. People are like, I want to get in that conversation. So much fun. Um, And that's what they were doing. Well, you know, he talked about if I'm holding Patrick Mahomes. I'm not selling them like it's not how much like you could give me like eight first round picks and I'd be like, yeah, but I don't have Patrick Mahomes. Anymore. I, I don't fix my quarterback position because I have eight first round picks. I still I still need a quarterback, you know, because I, I want to win the fantasy league now. So it's like if you want to sell if I'm selling Patrick Mahomes, you're like, I'll give you Jalen Hurts plus two first round picks. It's like, well, okay. Now you got me thinking, of course, you know? So within a tier of guys, yes, it starts to make sense. If you say, I'll give you Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you, I want Patrick Mahomes. I'll give you Dak plus a second. It's like, no, get the fuck out of here. What are you talking about? Like, you know, it's not enough. So you have to understand that it's once you give that guy up, you don't, have them anymore. So I'm not giving it up until I know where I'm at. And for that reason, I even said in, in the, in my article, I think I haven't read it in a while, but, uh, but I would say it now too, is like trade back as look, if you trade one spot and pick up profit, do that and do that again and again and again and again, and just go to the last your one quarterback well great great work you did it you know because that is awesome you just got a bunch of value and you still ended up with you know uh burrow well fuck that's awesome you know you pick seventh you just traded back seven times and got a a first round pick every time not gonna happen but if you could that's a good move but to trade out of the 103 and get you know just trade the pick away and move into the third or fourth round and picked up i got this guy's first is you know, is, is next his 24 first is 25 first and like his fifth round and eighth round picks. It's like, dude, no, 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 no. That, that wasn't enough. That didn't get you where you need to go. So that used to probably be something that you could consider doing, but I don't think so anymore. Having said all that, um, once I, I identify those quarterbacks and where I'm at, I just want to try and get two of them. So sometimes you'll notice like, You know, maybe there'll be four or five go and like Lamar and Trevor Lawrence and Dak and Deshaun Watson are falling, right? You know, oh, someone picked Justin Jefferson, someone picked Jonathan Taylor, someone picked CeeDee Lamb, someone picked Jamar Chase. It's like, okay, well, I can wait before I, you know, move back up here or something like that. Does that make sense? So Knowing where they're at and where they're going to fall off is an important thing to understand. Because if you can trade back and get like Deshaun Watson and Dak in the mid-second and you have all these firsts, that's a different deal. So that's a long-winded way of saying you just have to not fuck that part up.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's 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 100% right. Um you know, if you can if you can trade back and walk away with Dak and Deshaun in the second round, whatever, right? Yeah. You lucked out. You lucked yeah. out. But if you start seeing, you know, I mean, let's say you got one quarterback and then you start seeing a Dak or Deshaun following into the second, mid-second. I think Dak's going mid-second. Deshaun's going late-second. You trade up. You right. you, you move up from the third That's or the right. fourth round and you send your second twenty twenty-four second. You know, or you do a pick swap or whatever, and you trade up and you get that quarterback, lock it yes. in. Um, because especially in this landscape, what I'm seeing right now is it is so hard to get a quarterback. I literally right. had a start of draft where I ended up with Dak as my QB one, which is okay, cool. I you know, fell into the second, fell into my lap, lucked out. I missed the Sean by one pick. I was tilting, right? I was trying to trade up desperately. I couldn't couldn't get the move. You know, and I was probably being a little stingy, right? Pulling the chalk squeeze.
0: Chalk squeeze. Missed
1: and I missed it. And then, you know, fast forward six rounds later, and then I'm looking at Dak and Mac Jones as my quarterbacks. Right. And how bad does that feel? Right. And then right. and then I'm scrambling for my QB three now because Mac Jones is my QB two. Right. And then I end up with Desmond Ritter. Right. And I'm like Ooh. and I'm like, okay, cool. I have DK and I have Devonte Smith and I have Godwin and I have JT and I has these studs, but my quarterbacks are boo-boo. Yeah. And and now I'm scrambling, asking every league mate, hey, can I get this guy? Can I get that guy? Can I get this guy? No, 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 no. Right. Like nobody wants to give up anything. Right. And now I'm like thinking in my head, should I just be desperate and trade for Jared Goff? You know, it's like yeah. you know, it's like then you're at this point where you're just like desperate just to fill a void. And yeah. What I'm seeing in the market is people are holding these quarterbacks because there's a very limited number of them right now that are like yes. actually trustworthy, Yep. and they're starting to see like, oh, shoot, if I keep Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert for the next 10 years, I'm pretty good. Why would I move them?
0: Yeah. What does that mean?
1: Yeah. I'm just going to be chasing another Joe Burrow for the next five years with all these firsts, and, we're going to probably miss one. on, yeah. yeah, you may, you, you know, it's not like Joe Burrow comes around every single year. I mean, if, if he does, it's one a year
0: and it's not you easy better, to get him or determine yeah. which one it is to get him in the first one. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's harder to understand which one it is too. Like, you know, we know Bijan is Bijan. We know that JT was JT, or at least some of us did, um, you know, and, um, you, you, you know, him when you see him, right. These are, these are clear cut guys. You're not like, I'm not sure if, uh, this Bijan's going to work out in the NFL. He may may bust out. It's like probably fucking not. That's how running backs are. They're very easy to see quarterbacks. It's like every year we F that up or, you know, and it's very hard to tell coming into the draft. So, you know, you don't know. You could pick Bryce Young thinking he's the guy and he may not be. I don't know. I mean, man. Oh man. These are tough. These are tough picks. I'll tell you the quarterback picks are tough. So, you know, I'd almost rather trade, Bryce Young, if I have that pick for a Burrow, you know, give him, give someone hey man, you know, I'll give you Bryce Young plus a first to get to Burrow, do that all day long, because that's, at least, you know, you've got one, you may have given one up, I look, there's a couple of trades I look back at, I've totally fucked up either selling, I sold Hertz to get to somebody, or I sold Fields to get to somebody. And you know it's like I think I sold Hertz to get to Deshaun once, or I sold Fields to get to Hertz, or whatever. E- either way, it's like you know. I but I got I, I'm okay. You know what I mean? I I I'm I'm still fine because guess what? I have I have one of the guys. So exactly. you know maybe, but who knows? I could have been selling Kenny Pickett to get to. I, I didn't know what I'm selling. I you know you don't know. So it's I'd rather have the sure thing than be still guessing. By the way, here's to that team, the Dak Mac. Desmond Rota team, you ready? Oh,
1: poor, poor. Oh man. gosh, oh man, that's like that. That team is already stressing me out, and we're in February, yeah. and I'm like stressed out for the next. <laughs> I don't know, God knows who, how long. No, I this is something that we were talking about in text message, you know, the other day or yesterday. You know, this whole like value versus risk, right? right? Because I think most of the time, me and you have operated on this whole concept of value, accumulate value, accumulate value. Of course, that has not changed. We're still accumulating value where we can. Yes. Right, we're going to load up the bank, right? All about the chalk squeeze all day. Yes. Right, so don't get it twisted. It's about the value, but there's another part of that equation that now we're really going to start driving into the discussion is the risk profile or the risk of not getting getting back that value or getting back that player, right? That production, right? We're talking about you know receiver trade that you're you debating earlier, but this go, it goes the same with this quarterback situation. Yeah, you can go ahead and trade Mahomes for value. Oh, you won on the calculator. Oh, yeah, you won in a trade poll on Twitter. Great, you got the value. But did you did you actually consider the risk of you never actually realizing the value? Yeah, yeah, is that are you? You got the value, but are you actually realizing the value, or is it just value right. on paper?
0: That's right. Right, because yeah, look, the production like, is I'll what the, the real I'll give value. I give them the example. It was like T. Higgins. I'm selling T. Higgins and considering this was just a conversation. This is not a trade that happened, but it's like, it it was a, it was a talk about how, how to pivot off of T Higgins profitably. And one of the proposals, because of course you looked at a ton of different trades and a ton of different ways to do it. But one of them was the conversation piece was T Higgins for the one Oh five and Rashad Bateman. And it was like, okay, so would you rather have T Higgins or the one Oh five and Rashad Bateman? And it's like, I think the value would probably say 105 and Bateman, or at least it's probably pretty close. Actually, I don't really know. It feels close, um, and you. But you could say, oh well, you get you know this guy who's probably going to be you know T Higgins at the 105, and then you get Bateman on top of it. Boom, two guys instead of one. Totally wins. Fuck yeah, you know. And it's like, but also Bateman may never fire, and the 105 could be Jalen Rager. Now what?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right. You, today you won or you felt good because you got the value and, you know, everything you profited. Right. But then you fast forward a few months, a year, there's no production. Right. Yes. And I think, I think the, the change in the calculus here, right. The adjustment of the process is, it's production over profit. No matter what, no matter what, no matter how much you're going to profit. If you lose a production, you lose everything. Right. So. You know, and, I think, and I think like you know. say,
0: it's production versus risk, right? Like we knew what we have in and T. Higgins, and I say we know. I mean, pretty sure he's going to be a, a wide receiver two or better for a pretty long time here. It, you know, we could talk about the T. Higgins, what's going to happen with him, because there's some pretty exciting stuff, and we can do that right now, too. But we're pretty sure of that. But we're not sure that Rashad Bateman will ever record a wide receiver two season in his life. And the one hundred and five is not even a player yet, so we have no idea what that will become. That could become Justin Jefferson or Nikhil Harry, literally. The, the, they were both taken at the one hundred and five in many drafts. So you know that—that's what you're looking at, and you can't be like, no, no, I'll ta- I'll get Jefferson. Don't worry, man, I'm not going to take the wrong guy. It's like, well, you might actually you very well could. You don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I was telling you was, yeah, you make that trade is you either hope you get T Higgins and then you profit on top because you had T Higgins plus whatever else you got in the deal, or you trade that pick for the, another T Higgins type of producer, right? right? Which is easier said than done. Right. But easier said than done, you know, if you don't have a plan in place to make the next move, right. Yeah. And and then again, right. Like someone like yourself, right. You're very good at lining up the next move, right. One move may probably not the end game, right. You probably have another move lined up your sleeve and you know, you're ready to go. but you know, most people aren't thinking that many steps ahead, right? And they're just kind of playing dynasty on a day-to-day basis, paycheck to paycheck, and yes, that's how you get in trouble, right? I mean, and I and I'm only speaking from experience, yes. You know, because I've I've won my fair sh- my fair share of trades today, yes. And then tomorrow, I look back and I'm like, oh my goodness, I really make that trade. Yeah. Like, I'm looking back at some of these trades. I'm like, why was I doing that? Right. Because and then you know, if
0: you if you if you go back, you're like, I actually understand why I was doing that but that's stupid now. Like, yeah. and so there it is again from the, from the open. It's like understanding the process of the trade is more valuable than understanding, you know, I won that trade, dude, put it on the thing. It won fifty eight forty two. 42 fucking po- on a pole or whatever. It's like, sure, that's good. And that's part of it. You certainly don't want to seed value in every trade. You don't want to lose every trade, thirty five sixty five. not suggesting that, but a, a trade with a plan is the only trade to be and, and and I was thinking while you were talking that's why it's also very exciting or excuse me it's it's more uh fun uh to be in a league that has uh a lot of activity you know a lot of people who are engaged because just because you're gonna make a series of trades doesn't mean you're gonna fuck over three different people in a row. it means that you have a plan to be like you know I'm gonna trade the the, the T Higgins for the Bateman and the one Oh five. And then I take the one Oh five, turn it to Devonte Smith. Now, and maybe everybody's happy with that. Everybody is. And you're happy too, because you needed an extra wide receiver or whatever the, you know, whatever the fuck it was, whatever the answer to the riddle of your team was, or what you were trying to accomplish. But you weren't just like, dude, do you think I should trade T Higgins away? It's like, well, why do you want to do that? <laughs> like, what, what are you doing? I mean, <clears throat> I know that you asked too right away was like, what else did, did I have? What, you know, cause I, you know, I I will come to you with trades. You'll come to me with trades, and seldom do I do we say like yes or no. I mean, sometimes it's just a value proposition, but oftentimes the the next question, and, and we now know it too, but it's like, you know, I send the team because like, you need to see what I what I'm doing here. And as soon as you see the team, you go, oh yeah, dude, I see, you fucking yeah, do that because then you go here, and you know, we have so many of those conversations, and seldom are they about a singular trade, but more about the direction of the team. And why you would make certain moves to get to a certain place,
1: yeah, I mean because I was yeah, I asked you what else you got, and you're like, you show me the roster and you're like, oh, and I have one oh two and one oh three and one oh six and one oh seven and one oh eight yeah. and one oh nine, and I'm like, okay, well, you have all the picks already, like you yeah. know like, do we really need to add another pick no. so you own the entire first round, like, yeah, that's fun, yeah. but then then we started talking like what's the next move, and you know like, you know yeah, so like you know, and I saw your team, and you know it's one of those you know, Jacks leads with 12, 12 starters, right? So you have four four flex spots, and you know you got some may, maybe some like some holes in the in the flex spots. So of course you got to show up the depth. So you're looking to maybe break up Higgins and and get a couple more pieces to fill in, you know, some of those other spots. And hey, that's that's, right. that's good process to think that way, of course, right? But, but then it was it's the also wrong like move. that's right, but yeah, the wrong move for what you're trying to get to. And yep. you know, looking at your receivers, you had you know Amon Ra and you had Higgins. I'm like. Well, you kind of want to keep that, you know, because yeah. like that's that's like some league, w- like week winner, right? That they can win you a week anytime, right? It's just together, also,
0: also roster stability. Like you want to talk about, you know, the the the, the f- and let's do it right now. Because here's the thing: first, those quarterbacks. If you can secure two or three top level quarterbacks, where you've got that, then you can set it and forget it for the most part. I mean, obviously, you got injuries and you know suspensions and things happen, but for the most part. You're just going to be able to play those quarterbacks forever. The second most valuable spot in your dynasty team are your wide receivers. Young stud wide receivers. And when I say stud, I'm talking about, you know, guys who will put up wide receiver two performances uh, per, on, a season, on a season basis. You know, WR2s in the NFL or better who are young. <clears throat> if you have as many of the – think Devontae Smith, DK Metcalf, Garrett Wilson – you know, all these guys, Olave, right? The guys who will put up those types of numbers, CeeDee Lamb, Justin Jefferson, obviously, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, T. Higgins, right? These types of players are most likely after quarterbacks to retain long term value. And nowadays are very likely to deliver weekly stability as well. So they give you both long term stability as well as short-term stability, weekly stability in your lineup and, of course, fantasy points. So, like, you know, you if you can just have that, maybe even with a stack, a Burrow-Higgins type thing or a, you know, right, th- th- that is the absolute start because the running backs are window dressing because they're they're, they're, they're going to depreciate quickly. They're going to get hurt. They're so fragile. You know, and I don't mean fragile like, oh, look at the poor baby fragile little guy. Not that as an asset fragile assets that that are here today gone tomorrow super high value then back down and all over the place this happens to running backs all the time and so for those reasons you don't want to be investors long term in running backs you want to be investors short term with running backs for the most part
1: absolutely agree right last year was the first year i i, I finally came to my senses and you know i, I went complete anti-fragility right you know shout out to sean siegel and ben gretch who really brainwashed me into you know understanding the truth of running back fragility like just like you said right like it's not that oh it's a poor baby and you know it's a it's a piece of glass it's well kind of too right because the position itself running backs they're prone to get injured they're just gonna get put in the meat grinder and that's just the short shelf life they live and once they hit that age apex it's pretty much a cliff right it's an age cliff
0: um, And there's a, there's a few reasons for that one is look you know running backs need that burst and, and, and acceleration and they may lose a little bit of a step a running back loses a little bit of a step and he's less valuable period a wide receiver oh he wins with nuance whatever but number two is they're less valuable to nfl franchises so they less le, uh, less often get secured by contract You know, the only – look, Zeke would have been fucking launched had he not had a contract. I mean, the only reason he was playing a ton was, you know, Jerry Jones and the fact that he's paying him $20 million a year. These guys are seldom held by contract, whereas these wide receivers get paid big bucks. They're worth big bucks, and they can play multiple guys on the field at the same time, whereas these running backs, you know – are are here 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 today gone tomorrow replaced in the draft replaced for cheaper and injured so for all those reasons, but please continue.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean you know forget injury prone running backs are rep- replacement prone. Bingo. They're prone to get replaced. I mean yep. you know no matter how good you are, right, yep. your 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 time in the sun only lasts so long. And like you said, right at the beginning of this whole this whole part of the of the show, this whole segment was you want to invest in the quarterback and you want to invest in wide receivers because they have the longevity that will buy you time to build yes. a solid roster so that when you're ready to rumble, you can just go trade a couple of seconds and get some running backs that will Fournette. be producers for net, you know, last Connelly. year, right? Like exactly. Right. Just, yeah, they're not, the, they're kind of gross, right? Yeah. Aaron Jones, like they're kind of gross. Like, Oh, I don't really want on my team, but it's like, hey, for a second round pick, like you wouldn't, you wouldn't pay that for just for that title run?
0: Like, Derek why not? Derek Henry for a second right yeah. now, if you're like you know, trying to push it, you have a great yeah. team, it's like, sure, here you go, dude.
1: Yeah, and if we're going back to start of draft theory, right, yeah, we're going to insulate the, the, the roster with quarterback first. Yep. Layer it in, those, those wide receivers. And then when you get to like the middle-ish, late rounds, like even in the dead, it's, it's kind of funny, but the dead round last year, the dead zone, yeah. running back dead zone, you would, they don't want to touch them. This year it's like everybody's in the dead zone. So it's like yes. it's like why not? Like I'll I'll wait. I'll 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 fade it and I'll I'll grab a running back in round Kimara, eight or nine. Yeah, Kamara's like going in round nine or something ridiculous. And yeah. it's like why not? It's like at that at that at that price point? Yeah. Totally worth it. Totally worth it if he gets replaced. It does it was a ninth round pick. It was a tenth round pick. It doesn't even affect shit. you. Right. Yeah. Yes. And then My and then you're gonna smash those running backs who maybe or like a backup, or had the potential to jump back up. I mean, you know, I know a lot of people are totally off, like someone like Antonio Gibson, but Love Antonio. he's still fairly young and like he's going in the 12th, 12th. round.
0: Yes, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's like, why would you not smash that after you have had, you know, three quarterbacks and like eight receivers, you know, well, or seven the, the receivers?
0: Reason, the reason you wouldn't smash that is because someone started with Ken Walker. And JT, and then they take quarterbacks. And now they're drafting, you know, these wide receivers in that zone, which are never, they're never gonna pan out. They're never gonna be good. They're taking Josh Palmer and Nico, maybe Nico will be good, but, you know, they're taking those yeah, types but, of guys. Yeah. And you're taking, you know, Kamara and Derrick Henry, you know, it's like, you know, so yeah, absolutely. And, and Antonio Gibson, that's right.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I think, especially if you're building a roster, that's the way you're gonna build it you know, you know, if you're in a startup draft with 2023 picks as kickers. Yeah. um, I know we didn't really touch on that, but, you know, you know, everything I'm reading and I haven't really done my, my rookie homework yet, but the one thing I'm starting to come around on is how deep this running back class is. And again, when I first looked at the numbers, the production profiles of these running backs, I wasn't like enamored by it. I wasn't like, oh, they're jumping off the charts, but listening to smart people, right? Like kind of adjusting the process a little bit. Digging a little bit deeper. I'm like, you know what? There's probably not like these elite studs all over the board in the running back position, but there's probably going to be some guys that are like gonna be serviceable producers, right? We talked about some running backs before the show started, right? And I feel like, you know, grabbing some second round picks, right? Some mid-seconds, you know, kind of sprinkling those in into your roster, you'll probably land on a running back or two that. Are probably going to be pretty serviceable next year and then going forward. And they're going to be what 21, 22 years old. So
0: and to your point, Chalk, <clears throat> I took a look at the just all right, to give you an idea, like second round running backs, like if you're taking a guy in the second uh round of your rookie draft, or even early third, whatever, like a semi-premium pick, you know, something where you think, hey, this guy might pay off it's kind of like got to be a guy that drafted in, in the, you know, day one or day two, uh, you know, let's just say fourth round. Cause I, I sent a tweet. It was like uh, round two is the new round one. Round three is the new round two, et cetera, et cetera. So round four is kind of like the new day two, you know what I mean? So I look back at the running number of running backs taken in the NFL draft by the end of round four. Okay. So how many running backs are taken on an annual basis by the end of round four? And in 2022, it was 11. In 2021, it was only eight. Only eight running backs in 2021 were taken. That was the Najee, Travis Etienne. Uh, you know, Chuba Hubbard went in the fourth. After that, you know, everybody was fifth round or later. You know, so there were some good guys in the fifth round. That was Elijah Mitchell and and uh, uh, Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, but then it was 13 and 20. 11 and 19, 13 in 2018. If you remember the 2017 draft, the great draft, there were 15 running backs drafted before the end of round four. And it got me thinking, I think this one might, you know, so sort of trended down. So like since, since 2015, it's gone. I mean, since, since 2017, it's gone 15, 13, 11, 13, 8, 11. It's kind of trending down, right? I think that we'll probably see, Maybe maybe not 15, right? I don't know. Probably not. But I think it will probably be in that you know 10 to 15 range for sure, not trending down more. Uh, you're probably right that you're going to see, and if not uh, in the fourth round, we're probably going to see some pretty early fifth round picks as well with some with some pop there. So I, I 100% agree. I think there's that type of talent in the class. Maybe not too top heavy. You may only have one or, well, obviously you'll have one, but probably only one guy in the first round uh and then maybe only a couple guys in the second but it's going to be that game of chicken um and I think it's going to be a game of chicken where it's like you know who's going to be the first one to take that sort of second running back or whatever third you know and then once they start to pop off I think it's going to be like every third or fourth pick just gonna be running back for a little bit until all the good ones are gone then you know it'll it'll peter out from there what do you think
1: yeah I mean again like I you know, I wasn't super hot on this class, but the more I started digging deeper, um, started to realize there's gonna be probably like to your point in the first four rounds, like I'm just gonna guesstimate like eleven, maybe twelve running backs taken. Just looking at the names that I see, right, on, on everybody's boards, right? Some you know, kind of looking at the anatomy, the breakdown on some of these guys. Yeah. Right. So let's just say it's eleven or twelve guys, just hypothetically yeah. speaking. Sure. That's a full round of a rookie yes. draft that's a full round so yes you know you got you got what three or four quarterbacks you're going to have like a handful of running or uh, wide receivers so that's going to be about a round worth of players right there yeah. off the top and then you have a whole nother round of running backs so that's two rounds of players totally. you're telling me the first 24 picks of a rookie draft in super flex dynasty leagues that right out of those 10 to 12 options that you're not going to be able to grab a couple of them. So again, back to my point, if you're able to get those 20, 23 second round picks, if you have some, I'll definitely hold them. And if you're in a startup situation, you you might want to start looking at those guys, you know, those mid second round picks stock up on a couple, you know, so that you can insulate your team with some young running back depth. Right. And, you know, if you hit on one or hit on two, I mean that that can create a a behemoth in year 1 and then for yeah. years to come, right?
0: So Totally. Yeah, I totally agree. I think um I you know, this just to have a 10-minute conversation about the 2023 class of running backs. Um I you know, I uh every year I do these 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 rankings for running backs, right? Like every year I'm trying to figure out who I like. And every year, I put out, I feel like, a very, very good ranking of running back right before the draft itself. So after the combine. So my pre-draft list is usually pretty freaking solid. You know, Elijah Mitchell, James Robinson. You know, these types of guys have always elevated to the top. Rashad White, um, et cetera. And, and, And we've done a good job. Tyler Algier. Uh, you know they make a good spot on our list every year and part of that is figuring out but every time i look at that list like somewhere around eight or ten it kind of gets like you know you're you're like yeah sincere mccormick or whatever you know you're like i don't know you know it's a, it gets a little bit you know weak this one as i'm starting to do this right now like somebody who's in the 10 11 12 13 spot is like a good player like i i can't put a a list together without putting someone that someone really, really likes in the community at like running back 13 or 14, which is really new. Like normally I could just take even just the popular ones that are like, you know, you could basically poo poo anybody else be like, dude, come on, please. But like you look at it, man, Bijan, I'll, I'll give you my rankings as they are. They're not even rankings because I'm telling you right now after Bijan, after Bijan, it's like, to me, it's, it's not flat. Okay. But it's like, there's two or three guys. And like, it's, it's as close to flat as I've ever experienced in my life. And what's interesting chalk is there's different prototypes. Like you have this Devin a chain who's like super fast, but small. It's like, well, do you rank him ahead of, you know, a guy like Zach Evans or Zach Charbonnet? It's like, well, I don't know. Where is he? Where's he going to play? You know what I mean? Like, the draft and, 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 and where these guys land is going to be super important to their utility and whether or not you, you think they're going to be used properly.
1: Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think, I think this year I, I definitely want to see the, the capital that teams are investing in these players. Yes. Right? I, I know landing spot isn't necessarily the, the end-all, be-all, but, you know. But
0: it is a little. For running, for
1: running back, you know, I, think, I think we have to take into account a, a little bit Totally. Right, I mean, I'm. Not, I'm not. We're not going to fall into the CEH trap because we never did. No, um, but you know, it's something to consider. Right, it's Correct. It's one of those. You know, all things considered. Right, you know, I'm I'm between two or three guys. You know, like who has the, the clearest path to playing time? Right, the clearest path to, you know, me me getting production or you know turning a profit. If I don't really, you know, I'm not enamored by these players or whatnot. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is going to be an interesting draft for sure. Um, not not super, you know, elite in terms of like you know top of the class, but I think it's still going to be serviceable. And a lot of people have been saying this is going to shake up the running back landscape, and I agree because just I looking agree. at the dynasty rankings at running back, it's it's wide open. Like I don't even know, to be honest, who my running back one. I mean, it's Bijan, but like outside of Bijan, like right. you can make a case for like any of these next guys. And then I would say the back half of like the RV ones in dynasty is like up in the air. Like, yeah. Like, like who is it? You know, is it Ramondre? Right. Is Javante in there? Is Pollard? Is Dobbins? Is Jacobs? Najee? Is it, you know, like Chubb? Like,
0: yeah. And, and, and what's interesting that, you know? about that is like, <clears throat> who, like, you know, especially the back half of that, it's like, you know, what if Cleveland drafts Bijan Robinson? Like, I'm not saying they will. I'm just saying like, you know, all of a sudden you look at it and go, you Oh shit. What if Minnesota drafts B. John Robinson? Well, you know, you could start filling in the the names. What if New England drafts B. John Robinson? It's like Ramondre, you're like, oh, oh. Like, I, I know he's not the only one, but like, what if um, Denver drafts like Roshan Johnson or like Kendra Miller? And you're like, oh, or Zach Evans. It's like, huh. Oh, well, you know, like in the third round, they just take a guy. You're like, You know, it's like all of a sudden there's competition for Javante, and he's hurt, and he's coming back. And it's like, uh uh-oh, right? Baltimore takes Kendra Miller. You're like, oh, wait, is Kendra Miller good? Because now all of a sudden J.K. Dobbins has fucking, you know, company. So these guys are going to land in places and really potentially hurt someone that doesn't seem like they could get hurt from the draft. And you don't know which one it's going to be. Because they could also land, it's like, Ooh, what a feathery landing that was! You know what I mean? He's like, oh, yeah. look at that, Miami, yeah,
1: perfect. Like, if we're <laughs> but, saying there's eleven or twelve guys that are going to land somewhere, and they're all eleven or twelve guys that are could be fantasy relevant, that's almost half the teams. Exactly. That's like a third, that's a third of the, More than a third of the teams that are are going to land somewhere. You know, that's right. like New England or New Orleans probably going to draft someone, right? Right. Like Cincinnati, Mixon isn't really you know that great anymore. I'm sure they, they're considering somebody, right? Like, Yeah. You can just go through the list and be like, okay, outside of maybe San Francisco because they have like five running backs. I mean, like Seattle has Kenneth Walker who did pretty nice, but like Pete Carroll loves him some running backs. Like I would not be surprised if he just took like someone in the third round for no reason. Right. like
0: for no reason. Right, they don't need no one, reason. but they do it, right. For no yeah. reason, that's right. And 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 there's there's enough, you know, guys. I mean, it's like, Whether we love Algier or not, he could get absolutely smashed by this draft. You know, a guy like Damian Pierce, who everybody loves, could get absolutely crushed by this draft. He could just get, like, completely displaced. Um, Or not. That's the thing. It's like, oh, my God. You know, all of a sudden, Khalil Herbert is like, oh, yeah, he's going to be good. And then absolutely cracked. So all these spots. And what's interesting, too, of course, is we have free agency, which I don't like, by the way. But doesn't matter whether I like it. Free agency is before the draft. So, you know, if a team invests in David Montgomery, you would think they're not going to invest in, you know, draft picks. So that might be like, Oh, well, it's probably not wherever the hell he signs. It's like, you know, wherever you make it up, you know, you're like, Oh, well that takes a, a spot off the board. They're probably not going to invest a second round pick, maybe a fourth or fifth, but da-da. so all this stuff is going to really move around quite a bit at running back. And, I am here for it, man. It's so much fun. Now, what is the strategy with that type of uncertainty? Because there really is quite a bit of uncertainty. You can't put all the puzzle pieces together because there's just too many clicks. There's too many. It's like playing the lottery. You're not going to actually guess it all. But trend-wise, we can see the trend of a lot of movement and a lot of change uh, happening between now and right after the fucking NFL draft. What what does that mean that you should probably be doing right now, Mr. Chalk?
1: Fade running backs, hold tight. You know, don't invest heavy in any running back at all right now. Right. I mean, to be honest, like, I mean, really, even if it's one of the top guys, I would not invest heavily in in any of those players. To be honest, like, even the Brees Halls, I love him. Right, right now, I, I have him at the top of my rankings because I don't have Bijan in there. But like, he's coming off an ACL. He's gonna be. Everybody knows, everyone talks about how that's a two-year recovery, right? Even someone like Saquon Barkley took two years to get to his, you know, peak peak form, right? Jonathan Taylor coming off injury. Um, Christian McCaffrey, always injured. Um, you know, DeAndre, DeAndre Swift, love the guy, but, like, who knows what they're going to do. Jamal Williams is a free agent. They're probably going to bring in somebody else or re-sign Jamal Williams. So I, I would say, you know, just – don't invest in running backs if you got them. I mean, it is what it is. Don't invest heavy if you're start drafting anytime soon. Feel free to fade the position. You'll you'll live another day, right? And, and you're going to build longevity, and, and you'll think Jackson and I later um, after all this shakes out in
0: the next two months. Yeah, I, w- I would lean into the uncertainty as well. I agree. You know, someone, I, 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 you and I have both been a little bit of a fade on Jacobs over the years. Um, and I saw, I think it was David Gattieri. I'll give him a little bit of a shout. He sometimes has some good stuff out there. He, he said something that I really liked. He, he said, uh, why would, why would, uh, Travis ETN be, I think he was going off at, uh, running back like three or four or five, somewhere in there. I, I haven't been top five, which is I think pretty fair, uh, in dynasty and not and Jacobs outside the top 10 or whatever, when ETN is 24, Jacobs is 25. Jacobs has seen 50 targets two years straight. Going to get a contract and is, you know, this bell cow when ETN has never gotten targets and that. And I was like, wait, they're only a year apart. And I looked at exactly a year difference. And I was like, huh? Yeah, that's a good one, dude. Um, And that's the point. Like, can you sell from ETN to Jacobs and still pick up profit? Like if you can sell back to back, any back down to another back, and pick up, like, pretty substantial profit, that's probably a good way to play it, too. Like, sell Javante, you know, to Ramondre. You know, I don't know. Ramondre could get eviscerated, but if you picked up profit and Javante got, you know, eviscerated, well, you you won both ways. So, it's like, if you can sell down a little bit, you know, buy Najee Harris. I mean, he's as cheap as possible. You could probably sell down from Javante to Najee and get profit and... only one of those two players is going to be playing in week one and it's fucking Najee Harris. And I'm a huge Javante fan. Everybody knows that. So here it is. The Bayesian process coming out again. Everybody knows that one of my favorite fucking football players is Javante Williams, but his knee was broken terribly and new coaching staff, like a lot, there's no fucking guarantees that Javante just walks in and is like 20 carries five targets. Like this is, that's a pipe dream at this point. That's a, that's a hope and a prayer and so, yeah, you're right. This is where it's really difficult to figure it out. And so if it's difficult to figure it out, if you're holding the more expensive you know, asset and you can sell down to a, to a less expensive asset, I mean, here, sell Javante for Tony Pollard plus. It doesn't sound like a bad move to me. So that's the way that I think I'm playing it if I can. Easier said than done in some situations. But when you put the more expensive, the better sort of prettier, you know, dynasty asset up on the board, oftentimes you can get more action that way. So I would be recommending that, uh, you know, to do so wisely.
1: Yeah, if you're selling a used BMW or you're trading it in to get, you know. I don't know, a used Audi or, you know, something like that, where it's, you know, you're, you're tearing down, but you're still getting a decent, you know, German German car.
0: Someone and gave you're getting you
1: cash. Ca- yeah. You get cash in the pocket. You're still yeah. getting, again, goes yeah. back to the production, right? You're still, you're not sacrificing the production and you can still get the profit. So it's almost like you're double dipping at that point, right? Because you yeah. just said, you know, production over profit. But if you can get the production and the profit, Yes. Then why the hell not? So, I mean, yeah, as you're saying that, it's like Javante, man, I got some, I got some on a few teams. Maybe I dangle him, try to get like a Najee plus something small. Right. Because Najee's healthy, had a down year. Right. I mean, most people, he's like a roller coaster. Yeah. Yeah, He's tired of him. Right. So it's like, you know, yeah, it's like you kind of ride that roller coaster. And if you, if you know when to kind of get off and then get back on, or, you know, I never really had Najee. Um, I mean that's the perfect opportunity. Like like another player, I, I just came up on on a super super low deal. I mean I traded a a, a second next year for Cam Akers, and I, I'm yeah. overexposed on Cam Akers, Me right? Too. And his roller coaster has been a headache, and it's just like terrifying. Yeah. Well, one minute it's like he's crushing it, next minute he's hurt, next minute he's quitting the team, And next minute he's back and crushing it again. Yeah, and then uh, then he's hurt again or yeah. he sucks again. And it's like shit. I don't even know, and I'm like damn, I'm overexposed and I'm freaking out, but I'm like, I can get it for a second and I need a running back. I'll take that. Like, I'll yeah. do that. Right. So like, I think like you said, sometimes the uncertainty, you avoid it because it's risky. But the other times where the risk has been mitigated and you've calculated the risk and it your, your risk appetite is okay. Like, you know what? I could still take this on. Then I would do it. And if you can tear down or, you know, it's like not even a real tear down, but it's like, percep- you know, perce- per- by perception, like the yeah, tear down by perception, down. perceived and, tear down.
0: And, and we just talked, being- hey, Chuck, we just talked about the the trade down. What about like the Javante to player X, whoever you think it is, but plus two second round picks this year, where it's like, you feel like, man, I gave up Javante and I didn't even get a tier one running back back, but, but you get three running backs. Because you're going to get. I do that too. You know, you, and that's what's hard. It's really hard to pull the trigger on that because you look at the trade and you're like, wait, I'm selling fucking Javante for not even a first round pick and I'm only getting whatever stupid player that is. And like, you got to be a little bit risk averse to do that. But I think it's, I think it may be wise. I mean, it's just hard to do. It's hard to like sell off that like premium guy light. But that's kind of the point. Maybe you get, you know, maybe you can, you know, work something else, like, hey man, you interested in Javante? And they're like, well, blah, blah, blah. You know, and you just sort of see what's what's what. Like, you know, just dangle Javante out there. Uh yep. dangle, you know, Saquon out there. I don't think Saquon's in any danger because he's about to get the bag. So maybe that's a bad example. But like I'm just saying because he's so high, like Travis Etienne. You know, right now Etienne to Jacobs, although the Jacobs owner is probably pretty smitten with themselves right now, but you know, whatever. You get my point. Etienne to DeAndre Swift you know, maybe, I don't know, you know, I don't know which one of these guys is, is going to get company in his backfield. And I just don't know what the profit you can expect or get when you're trading some of these premium running backs. But generally speaking, when the running backs are at their highest value is the absolute best time to sell them. So I just look, if I, if I'm holding any of those premium backs, I know it's hard to sell on them, but if you can get another, close to premium back a guy that has at least a, a shot of becoming a premium back again, or, you know, whatever. I think that may be a way to, to, to move off it, especially, and, and this is the, the, the key to it all, especially if your team is probably not going to win this coming year.
1: Yeah. I mean, you brought Saquon and honestly, like if, if I have Saquon and I'm a contender, I'll, I'm going to write him out yeah. this year yep. because like, I feel like this is the year you just write him to the ground. Yep. He's, a year from now he's going to be 27.
0: Yep, that's right.
1: Right. You know, and like he doesn't have the best like health record. No. And I mean at this a year from now his value is going to be definitely much lower. So it's either you write him out and you just know like I got to win the ship this year cuz next year I'm not going to be able to sell him for shit. Um or if you're like, "Oh, I'm not that competitive, I'm moving him like for as much as I can." I mean, I'm not saying sell sell low and like like cheap out. I mean, ride him out right. maybe like mid-season then you like pull the trigger and you know you get you get a decent haul for him but he's a running back that I, it's on my you know sell soon list like you know <laughs> yes. before, before before everyone gets smart because if you wait too long everyone else is gonna know it too oh yeah he's turning 27 and you know look at Zeke and Mixon and Dalvin and, and Kamara and I don't want any of those guys that are 27 that's right like, you know it's like what makes Saquon so different yeah. Dalvin Cook was once the RB1 as well Right.
0: Yep. So was I've, Zeke and so was Camaro. I've let a few teams with Dalvin and Camara rot. And um and it was a mis- it's a mistake. I mean, at the end of the day, it's you know, it'll probably be okay too, because like I think there's still a value right now anyway. So, you know, yeah. I think Dalvin still has a good year and Camara probably is one of the best values we just talked about, but unfortunately they're they're of no value in trade. Or very little, I should say, and yeah. so there, for those reasons, if I'm looking to move them, I, fu- I done fucked up because I missed that window. Um, for production purposes, yeah, they're probably still produce, and you know, once you reach that point, though, that's the o- almost the only play is the hold. You know, you just got to hold on to them and and you know and ride out that value. That's it. The value yeah. is the production, and that's all you've got because you got no more trade value.
1: Yeah, that—that's the delicate balance of dynasty, right? And that's yes. what makes games so fun, right? It's yes, you know, when when do you when do you sell? When do you hold? When do you ride it ride it to the grave? Like, there's no right answer. There's no one single right answer, right? No matter right. what, like, no matter what anyone says, like, every league is different. Every team is different. Every situation is different, right? So it's not like I'm saying right now, oh, go and sell all your Saquon Barkley. I'm not saying that. No, but I'm saying right. if right. you're not. If you're not a top three team or top four team, like and you know it, it's not sell it now either, but it's you start to think and you lie and wait. Like you're yeah. literally premeditating murder and you're waiting for the right moment to strike. <laughs> yeah. Like you're yeah. literally yeah. like yeah. I'm gonna hold this guy and I'm not gonna dangle him yet, because then that kind of makes you look desperate. Yes. Right. And you just wait, you leverage, right? You 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 build that leverage. But he's on my list of players that, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna move him if I need to. Um you know because you know he's awesome. He's going to get the bag, like you said. Yes, but he's also going to get the bag, and some team's going to be like left holding the bag. You know, <laughs> right. going to be like you know, damn, this guy's old. You know, and he might get he might get, see, he, might
0: get uh, he might get just uh, franchise tagged, which I'm sure he is not looking forward to. And Daniel Jones doing his level best to steal the franchise tag yeah, away.
1: I was about to say. <laughs> I'm about to say the Giants are gonna tag Jones and lose Barkley yeah. and then what? And then it's just yeah. like
0: Because yeah. you hear did you hear that? I mean that was Dove or whatever you say his name, Kleiman, who said like that he's looking to get forty five million per year is That's Daniel so Jones. ridiculous?
1: That's so ridiculous.
0: That, did you see my tweet? It would yeah, be I saw easiest. that. I saw Right. Agreed. If we're, if we're running a a franchise, you're just like, okay, then fucking see you later. Like obviously (laughs) not just, you know, stop negotiating with them, but like definitely not paying you that a hundred percent, not doing that. Like, I don't know. Like you got any other plans? Cause that one's a no from us. We're a no on that. Maybe we'll franchise tag you and and trade you. Is that what you want? Cause you definitely don't want to play for the giants if you want $45 million a year. So I run, I own the giants. I run it. He, we run it together. We're not paying you 45 million. Yeah. We, we checked real quick. No. You know? <laughs> what yeah. What are we talking about?
1: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's going to be an interesting situation that we watch, we watch pan out, um, see what happens. Um, <laughs> but yeah, terrible. I mean Barkley might go to a different team and displace somebody else, you know, yes, like
0: that's what I'm that's, saying.
1: That's, that's, that's the fun part of these, you know, musical chairs is like, People are going to get nuked, right? I mean, they're going to get James Robinson like real soon. And yes, I, I'm here are. for it. I'm here for it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like, let's figure it out, man. You got, you, you did it. I want to, I want to hear where these guys are going to land. I got some, I got some ideas I've been thinking about. I'm sure you have. have You've been thinking about some of these uh, running back landing spots a little bit.
1: Yeah. I got a couple.
0: All right, all right. So, let's start with uh let's start with Saquon, right? So, certainly it's possible that he goes back to the Giants, but like we've seen that where where is the best place for Saquon Barkley to sign where it gives us all the fantasy community and like the NFL community at large the largest boner. Like where is that?
1: I think we were talking about getting him in that Josh Allen offense, right? I think yes. that would be pretty fun, right? Like, yes. You know, in the cold weather, he's gonna, they're going to run the rock quite a bit. Um, you know, I know Josh Allen takes away some of the rushing upside, but, you know, he's been known to pass to the running backs as well. Saquon could do it all. Yes. And they really need a true running back. Right. right. A true running back.
0: Right. And they don't run the ball that much. So really, this, they, they let Singletary walk right? They let Singletary walk. They sign Barkley, an unrealistic, awful, terrible, not a good idea at all for the franchise deal, but good for all of us watching football every Sunday. That's fine. So they sign him and they have James Cook to back him up. And James Cook is fine. He's been great. So he's like a perfect change of pace, Tony Pollard style, like can kind of do everything, including catch the football back. And then Barkley gets to do just all of it, and just score copious amounts of touchdowns, catch all the, like, so much space to roam, puts pressure on the defense. You now have to respect their run game. I love it. Barkley would look good yeah. in that uniform, too. I love it. Yeah. Saquon to yeah. the Bills. ascend it. Let's do it. What about, what about uh, Bijan? So, like, here we have this, like, Incredible like athlete who can catch the football, by the way. I think the thing about Bijan that people are are ma- I don't know if they know who Bijan is. Bijan will I'm just hoping he runs like less than a four-five forty. Uh, cause he could be a four-five five guy, he could be a four-four-four guy, somewhere in there. He's not Jonathan Taylor running a four three eight, four, three, seven. He's not doing that. So like somewhere around a four-five, I think he's gonna be. Um, if he does run some sort of number like that, like you know, you can, you can dunk on me all you want. I, I don't see that happening. And if it happens, I mean, I don't even know what to do with this guy. Because his game is predicated on phone booth movement, uh, setting up, you know, defenders in the hole. Like, he's literally making one guy miss and then making the next guy miss with his movement. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, he, he is – that's what he is. He's an unbelievably skilled running back. And then on top of it, he can go downfield and make make plays as a, as a receiver. Like – I don't know if he's quite Christian McCaffrey level receiver, but he's close. He's maybe one of the top, immediately one of the top three or four wide receiver running back, you know, running backs in the league, if they had to play wide receiver. Um, And and he's probably one of the top three or four pure runners in the NFL as soon as he hits the ground. You know, so when you put that in combination, I want to see him on a good team too, don't you?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We need to see him on a team that, you know, the defense can't stack the box. They got too many good receiver options that spread it out, right? High octane offense. Yes. Um, a team that has been needing a true three down bell cow back.
0: Yes. Right. And a we team know that the well, first round pick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, um, you know, is, is pretty much a perennial contender at this point. And maybe they're just one actual, real good running back away, a consistent Ooh. running back away. Yes. I'm really taking over the top.
0: Let's do it. Make him go there. Let's let's have them go to the Cincinnati Bengals then.
1: I love it. I love that. I love that. Putting them in that Joe Burrow offense with Chase and Higgins. I mean, at least for one more year, right? Uh, hopefully Higgins comes back. And they're gonna, the defense is going to to pay attention to Chase and Higgins. And there's no way they're going to just be able to stop Bijan. And if you want to stop Bijan, the other guys are running free. So – you know, you're not bringing the safeties up. That's for sure.
0: Yes. So I love it, dude. Bijan with Joe Burrow and this whole thing. Like they, they, if they had that type of a weapon on a rookie deal for like the next five years, and just pair him with Burrow and Chase, and potentially Higgins. I don't know what's going to happen. Pretty interesting conversation to be had around T Higgins right now. And I was thinking about it. Like one of the things when you and I were talking about that trade, which is always good to talk it through with a friend about a trade. I looked at T Higgins and I was like, you know, he's kind of maybe plateaued as a, as a wide receiver too in fantasy. And then I thought, wait a minute, he might be on a new team. He might get traded. It's possible. I don't think that happens, but he might, but he's certainly going to be signing a big monster contract next off season. Like that's happening period. Yeah. He's going yeah. to get a monster deal somehow, some way. And when he gets that monster deal, it's either going to be in Cincinnati or somewhere else. I know that's obvious, but it's like, if he gets the monster deal in Cincinnati, they're not going to be like, well, we just brought him in to like keep the targets. He might grow here. But if he somehow ends up as the alpha somewhere else, I think T. Higgins is arrow up no matter what going forward. So that Big was time. my reason for not necessarily wanting to get off T. Higgins too quickly. Um, so moving to another free agent who we both fell in love with, but Miles Sanders. Uh, can I open another beer and pour <laughs> one out for Miles
1: Poured out for miles, man. That was our boy. That was our boy. But hey, you know what?
0: He had a great season. He
1: had had a great season, right? I mean, he was looking like a solid RB one for most of the season, and then you know the wheels came off. But we we had we had we had some laughs. You know, I don't think he's getting a contract. I
0: don't think he's getting a contract. So So, I mean, he's going to end up somewhere, but it doesn't really matter. But I don't think he's back with Philly, which means there's a there's a hole in Philly. And there's also a hole in Philly where their offensive line makes gigantic holes, and they run that RPO. And I, I have a, a back that I think is a bit underrated. He's certainly underrated as a pure runner, and that is Damian Harris. What if the Eagles went out and spent a small amount of money, won't take them much, little two-year, $10 million deal on Damian Harris, and let fucking Jalen Hurts put it in his belly? I mean, good God, that power— uh, and tackle breaking when he really only has to beat one guy cuz Hurts is going to hold one of the linebackers like he's going to have just rips of runs i mean this is a guy that i think they need they've got Kenny Gainwell could be that thunder and lightning dude tell me i'm crazy about wanting damian harris in philly dude i'm getting excited no,
1: i love the, i love that move like you said he's a great pure runner pretty underrated in that regard yeah he had he's, nice he's hands a- yeah he got nice hands too i mean if he yeah, needed if he that to. right if he has to uh, but yeah, I mean the RPO with Jalen Hurts—they just make one guy miss, right? With those holes, it's yeah. I mean it's it's wheels up, and you know what? When when Damian Harris had opportunities, you know he did pretty well for himself, and that yes. was in New England. You put him in an offense like the Philly Philadelphia Eagles offense with with Hurts and uh, Devonta Smith and AJ Brown. I mean that that's a that's a real well rounded offense. <laughs> that, that's yeah, exciting. David.
0: Right? I mean, it's kind of funny because he's not like this tier 1 back, but like over Monty or Jacobs or Sanders or anything. I I would rather have him in that role because they don't really need a pass catcher. They don't need some sort of high-priced guy. They just need a, a dog. And this guy yeah. is an absolute freight train going downhill. He's a great downhill runner. You know, I just think he fits in perfect in Philadelphia. That does mean our poor boy uh, Miles Sanders is on the outs. Where is he going to end up?
1: I mean, I think he's going to end up in the XFL. <laughs> Can't believe I said that, man. Can't believe I said that. Oh, oh yeah. man. What, yeah. What's the
0: what's the top team in the XFL? We could place bets on, on whether or not Miles Sanders ends up with I them? I don't
1: even know. Put, put him in um that Danucci-Josh Gordon <laughs> offense. Yes, dude.
0: <laughs> I heard Hakeem Butler scored a touchdown. That was exciting. Oh, man, that's awesome. Hakeem yeah, Butler, I mean, that's- yeah, Hakeem Butler 101 apologist paying off finally.
1: That's where all the washups can go.
0: Yep, and I think uh, Jacob stays with the Raiders. I think it's boring, but I—that's where he's got to stay. They're going to get like, aren't they going? Are they going to get Aaron Rodgers and Josh Jacobs and Waller and the whole thing? And that is that all going to happen there? You think?
1: And Rodgers is going either to Vegas with with to pair back up with Adams, yep. which would be exciting. Or the Jets, right? Or the Jets? Yeah, it's one or the other.
0: I mean, that's at right? this point, it's one of those two. Yeah, feels solved. Yeah, and then the the Green Bay Packers are going to roll with my boy Jordan Love.
1: Yeah, man, he's going to dunk on you all season. I'm here
0: for it. I do have a nuanced take, a pragmatic take. You guys want to hear a pragmatic take? A One very nuanced, you know, split the difference take. I think Jordan Love was an absolute train wreck coming out of college and had zero chance of, of succeeding. Uh, and I thought it was a fucking awful pick by the Green Bay Packers. But I do think that However, you could have played Jordan Love. They played it perfectly because he hasn't been asked to do anything for, is it now three years? Like, is it three? Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking three crazy. Years, yeah. so, I mean, yeah. at least they finally get the benefit of that rookie deal. Woof. Uh, yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's really just a bunch of nonsense. It doesn't matter for them at all. I, I You know, if he ter- if he turns out, they're going to have to pay him immediately. So it's really, it's terrible. But the, the nuanced take I'm going to say is like, I think he's going to be average. <laughs> Like, I don't think he's going to be a complete and utter train wreck, although that is in the cards. And I don't think that there, it's in the cards that he's top 12 or anything like that. Like, that's not.
1: Yeah, I, that's not happening.
0: If that happened, I'd be like, fucking full-fledged hat tip to you, Mr. Jordan Love. But I do think, like, it's possible that he's like, oh, oh look at that. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, he, he, I'm sure he'll have a few good weeks. I have him yeah. I have him on one team. I think I, I I got him on waivers or something ridiculous. Yeah. I have him on one team. I'm just waiting for any moment to like ship him off for a second or anything. Oh, <laughs> just,
0: dude, right Yeah, away. yeah it'll happen. Yeah. He's gonna be the starter, yeah. name the starter. As soon as Aaron Rodgers yeah. gets traded, he might be able to sell him for a first dude to some fucking idiot in that league. Yeah. Uh,
1: I mean it's hard. I mean that, that league's hard to trade. Ironically, it's hard to trade a quarterback, but yeah, you know. We'll, so so we'll I think see.
0: Jacob stays with the Raiders. Monty, I don't. I, I kind of don't care where he goes. I think Monty's overrated. I think he's good. Like he's good. He's good.
1: Yeah, he's he's yeah he's so he's, he's cool. He's cool. Ben's I mean, fine. you know, eh, whatever. I mean, yeah, whatever. I mean, right. He'll probably be in the NFL still. He'll probably go to like, I don't know, Carolina with Carol Chiba Hubbard or something.
0: Yeah, something like that. I right? mean, he's they basically
1: f- Donta Foreman. I mean, it's the same shit.
0: Yeah, same guy. Whatever. <laughs> Just the same expensive guy. Expensive Donte Foreman. That yeah, get him <laughs> exactly. <laughs> High-priced Deontay Foreman. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. All right. So the last one I want to do is is uh, Jameer Gibbs. So Jameer Gibbs is like, I mean, oh, my God. We, we, we want to see him. Me and Chuck talked about this one beforehand. We want to see Jameer Gibbs do his very, very best Jarek McKinnon impression and go to Hi. the Kansas City Chiefs. Who's not Who's not here for that?
1: Oh, God, man. I mean, Dude. like like we were talking about, we saw what Mahomes did to McKinnon, right? And we're talking about Pacheco and how Pacheco is just smash mouth, you know, going to run up the middle and punch you in the mouth. And Jameer Gibbs doesn't need to do any of that. Right. He yes. can just...
0: He, can just, he gets to he gets to just do all the fun shit, like run routes and like be a little slot guy and all over the place, and he can run the football too. Obviously, yeah. he he would be a big play machine, and it doesn't really matter if he's like because like one of the criticisms right now is like, well, what if he's one ninety eight and one ninety five? What if, if he's like just the 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 lightning to Pacheco thunder on the highest powered you know highest volume passing you know team in the in the league and like it's just all like creative screens and jet sweeps and all these cool ass plays that Andy Reed comes up with and all the awesomeness. And like, I think he could be an absolute stud and he is, his fantasy, you know, sort of ceiling might be limited because of Pacheco if he's the grinder, but honestly it's, you know, McKinnon had two uh, running back RB one overall weeks uh, in a row so dude can definitely get there uh with this offense i think it's an absolute an absolute home run let's somehow find a way to get jameer gibbs drafted to the kansas city chiefs in the second round please god
1: do this for us, we, we need that and imagine how fun rookie drafts are gonna oh, be yes oh my god because like, you know most people are saying he's gonna be a 104 like more or less right maybe 105 yeah. if you need a receiver but like yes if he goes to kansas city
0: it, it's you know, massive.
1: you know, he's going to be in the conversation for top three. I mean, yes. Bijan locked in at one, right? We're probably going to Stroud at two.
0: But yes, we're going to be, there's going to be talk about should you but, take yeah. Gibbs at 1.01, dude? It's going to be CH all over
1: again. Give it's it to going to be CH all over again, man. But, but with a good what? player. Yeah. He'll <laughs> <laughs> be with CEUs who never was. But um, how fun would that be, man? I mean, for fantasy purposes. For rookie draft purposes, for so good. argument purposes, debates, and oh. all that, man. And, you know, me and you, we're going to have to definitely, you know, crack open a bottle of champagne on draft <laughs> night when that goes down, man.
0: It probably won't, but I do want it so bad. Of course, we can want it really, really bad. But there's a couple good ones in there. I, I like the Damian Harris to Philly. I, I wanted Damian Harris somewhere, and you, you would come up with a Philly idea. I love that. Damian Harris to Philly. Let's go. He just would become, I mean, he'd be, a, he'd be a monster on the ground. He'd have games where he'd just be like, oh, we can't stop Damian Harris at all. Because you couldn't stop Miles Sanders, and everybody hates Miles Sanders. So, like, if you couldn't stop, you know, the, a running back that nobody likes, what are you going to do with an actual freight train? So, yeah, lots of fun stuff. Uh, the free agency is going to be upon us soon. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to get into the into the prospects even more. Sorry for the no-show last week. This one's a little bit earlier this week, and maybe we'll do another one later in the week. So, um, yeah, say what's up to the people.
1: Yeah, man. You know, shout out to Michael P. Duncan. Uh, You know, we threw out Damian Harris to Philly for you, my brother. So hopefully, you enjoy that take. Um, And you know what? As I like I said earlier, uh, great, great hanging out, and you know, looking forward next time to chop it up.
0: Yeah, indeed, brother. Uh, Everybody loves chalk. Uh, I get we get the I get the best listener feedback from chalk uh, episodes. So hope you all enjoyed that one. That was a lot of fun. On behalf of everybody here at the Undrafted, on behalf of everybody here at the Undroppables, on behalf of the greatest podcast producer the land has ever known, and Super Bowl loser, Michael P. Duncan, you have been joined by the infamous Chalk. I am Jax Falcone, and we are